The Beloved Ministry is inspired by chapter 7 verse 10 of the Song of Songs. I am my beloved's and his desire is for me. Our aim is to help women whatever their age or state in life, to come to know their true identity as God's beloved. During this Easter season we reflect on God's power to transform our lives by sharing on a variety of themes which affect women today that have also affected women throughout history. We continue to listen to the stories of women in Scripture from both the Old and New Testaments as we connect their struggles and victories with a number of women from the 21st century. This week we will hear about God's power to deliver us and set us free. We will listen first to some verses from the book of Tobit and the Gospel of Luke reminding us that God is about setting his disciples free from all evil. A reading from the book of Tobit, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17b, and chapter 7, verse 17. This time the prayer of each of them found favour before the glory of God, and Raphael was sent to bring remedy to them both. He was to give Sarah, the daughter of Raguel, as bride to Tobias, son of Tobit, and to rid her of Asmodeus that worst of demons. Edna wept over her, then wiped away her tears and said, Courage, daughter. May the Lord of heaven turn your grief to joy. Courage, daughter. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke, chapter 8, verses 1 to 3. Jesus made his way through towns and villages, preaching and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. With him went the twelve, as well as certain women who had been cured of evil spirits and ailments. Mary, surnamed the Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. Joanna, the wife of Herod's steward, Chusa, Susanna, and many others. Welcome everybody to this episode of the Beloved Podcast. We are now season two, episode 13 on the seventh Sunday of Easter. And today we're going to be talking about um, healing again, but this time God's power um, to deliver us, um, to set us free, to bring freedom. Perhaps more talking about inner healing than when we were talking about physical healing a few weeks ago. So I'd love to welcome two lovely ladies who are joining me today, Sue and Mariana. Perhaps you'd like to introduce yourself. Um, Mariana. Hi, so I'm Mariana and I have the gift of being a cradle Catholic, so past, present, covered in faith. And um, I was raised in a Catholic home and now I am a mummy with three children trying to do the same, to raise souls for the Lord and to pass it on to the next generation. Thank you, Mariana. Thank you for joining us today. And Sue. Hi there. I'm uh, from Lincolnshire. I'm married to a wonderful man called Martin for 27 years, and we've got four children, uh, three of whom are still at home. And uh, so I must be doing something right, is what I figured. Um, I'm credit Catholic too, um, but I'm passionate about my faith as I am now. Uh, I've been a stay at home mum for 24 years, but I'm 
finally studying again. I'm studying theology. Uh, I run an Airbnb and I'm very, very involved in a healing and deliverance ministry called Unbound. Uh, I'm so I'm what you call busy. <laughs> I think you're all busy. Everybody's so busy, aren't they? And it's great that we've been able to carve out this time today to talk about a topic that I think is important to each of us um, in many ways. And we've heard these scriptures today as we've been doing um, during these Eastertide episodes, one from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament. And in both of these readings, we hear of women being delivered from demons, evil spirits um, or ailments, it says in the gospel. Um, in the book of Tobit, if you don't know the story of Tobit, I encourage you to go and have a read through that story, beautiful story. Um, Sarah has been widowed seven times on her wedding night. So this is the demon um, that's named here Asmodeus, the worst of demons. You can imagine that is the worst of demons. Poor girl going to bed and waking up a widow seven times. And she prays for God to deliver her. And then she meets um, she meets this man and he's so full of faith that you know they're both fearful on their wedding night they they go on later on in in the book if you go and have a read um to just pray and just give themselves you know surrender themselves to the lord and for his protection and they both wake up married in the morning they must have had so much joy um <laughs> that she'd been delivered of this awful awful affliction and then we read that in the gospel, um, Jesus is being accompanied by a number of women who've been cured of evil spirits and ailments. And of course, Mary Magdalene's probably famous for most of us, said here that she was, she was delivered from seven demons. Seven demons had gone out of her. But then it's naming these other women too who'd also been cured of evil spirits and ailments. So... Um, Ladies, my first question really is, you know, I mean, it should just be like, how do you respond to these reasons? Anything that struck you? But what struck, strikes me really is this talk of demons. It's not something we really talk about today. Uh, we don't go around going, oh, yes, I've been delivered of many demons. You know, do we still believe in demons? <laughs> um, is it something that still affects us today? Or, or is this like an old fashioned way of describing something else? I don't know that we might call something else today um so i'm just wondering what your your thoughts on that's a lot of questions so you know what's your response to the readings i guess um sue we'll come to you first well i think we have to take the word of god at its word it's inerrant we know it's inspired by the holy spirit so it speaks truth and it only speaks truth and there's a lot of talk about demons in both the old testament and the new testament and, we, you know, we also know that uh, Lucifer rebelled, he said to God, I will not serve. And he was cast out of heaven with a third of the angels. And that's what we call now demons, the fallen angels. Um, I think I can also say from my own experience in life, perhaps I'll get a chance to share a bit later, that, you know, I have a personal experience of deliverance. Um, yeah, so so these are fallen angels, these demons, I guess, is what you're saying. That's how we'd understand them kind of scripturally. Um, it's also talking about evil spirits as well, isn't it? And, um, yeah, what what's your thoughts, Mariana? Um, straight away, I think, of this language, um, you think of teenagers chatting about scary movies, um, demons, deliverance, evil spirits. And I think, actually... It almost, it's like it's off-putting, isn't it? But as Catholics, we should, I think this should be in our language. In fact, it is in our language. We pray the Our Father every day, don't we? We say, deliver us, Lord, from all evil. Um, it's in our language. And I've, and I suppose it shouldn't be like a swear word, like the Lord of all freedom has freed these women and has, and has changed their lives so that they can that they can journey with him. He changed this couple's lives. Um, and that's that's what our God of transformation is about. And um, something else that has just come to mind, I think um, the Blessed Mother Teresa, is it St. Mother Teresa now, Alice? Yes, yeah. amen. 
um, she was asked, are you, you know, are you plagued by demons like Padre Pio, you know, the great, the great mystic? And she said, we live in a fallen world and are we, and we're affected by sin. She said, I am affected by other people's sin. So do I need deliverance? She said, yes, every day I need deliverance. I need to be freed from other people's rubbish. And, and she, and I think she had a way of the differentiating forgiveness and deliverance. Forgiveness is when we let the rubbish, we give the rubbish to Jesus in confession. She says deliverance is when it disappears. It has no hold on us. We carry the weight no more. Um, I, don't know if that's, um, I don't know if that's helpful. I think it's maybe looking at where do we need freedom today? Where do we need freedom in our lives? Um, we don't want anything to be in control of us, do we? we yeah, want to... I think that's a really helpful word, freedom. But I'm glad that you've brought up that, you know, that line that we say every day in the Our Father. I mean, maybe multiple times a day. If, you pray, if you're a rosary prayer, you, you pray the Our Father many times a day. And we're praying all the time for the Lord to deliver us from evil. So I think you're right, Mariana, that it's not somehow in our everyday language but it is in our everyday belief as Catholics that we believe that there mm. is evil and then there is God. You know, there is that spiritual battle going on. Sue? Yeah, I think, you know, the same way we acknowledge that God's got this amazing plan for our lives, we also have to acknowledge that Satan has a plan for our life and that plan tends to contradict God's plan. Uh, you know, even that, that story in Tobit, Alice of you know about Sarah you know obviously God had a plan a great plan for marriage for her you know this vocation of marriage this wonderful gift and you know Satan wasn't terribly keen perhaps on her fulfilling that wonderful gift but through trust and faith and perseverance you know she's managed to fulfill that vocation and go on to you know to tell a great story you know to fulfill her destiny her purpose her identity yeah and I love that you know also going back to what you said Mariana about freedom because you know if God wants us to live in you know this full potential like you're saying Sue you know he's got a plan for us the enemy's going to have the opposite <laughs> well a, a plan for us as well to stop us from fulfilling that plan because you know um my patron saints and Catherine of Siena says if you if you are who you you were created to be you're going to set the world on fire and of course the enemy doesn't want that doesn't want us setting the world on fire for god so anything yeah that can stop us and i guess it's what you're saying mariana there you know that you know what are the little ways in which we're controlled that we're not or we're not in control of our purpose you know our destiny in god because those things drag us down um yeah, I think um, an image that just has just come to my mind is um, uh, when you, is when the farmer takes the reins of the of the plow and goes steady. You know, who who do we want to to hold the reins? We can hold the reins. We want God to hold the reins of our lives. But actually, when we're influenced, some people have to struggle with with massive massive difficulties. Alcoholism, you know, abuse. Um, you know, can be suffer with depression or just self-doubt, huge insecurities. Who who is holding the reins there? You know, um, here I would say, you know, emotionally, physically, circumstantial, circumstantially, <laughs> is that the right word? Um, we we want we want God to hold the reins. He, you know, and we have the reins to to keep to keep journeying, and we don't want to be robbed from the peace. In fact, maybe that's the better the better question. Where, where in our lives do we have great peace? And we know when we're not at peace, I would say there are the areas that we would need to bring, bring to God. The places where we're not at peace, God wants us totally in him, at peace, surrendered. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I think um, that, that is just so true that that feeling of peace, we know that that comes from our Heavenly Father when we have that great deep peace that we just don't experience in day-to-day in -day life. But, um, you yeah, know, the, the, the enemy always will try to 
perhaps firstly persuade us that he doesn't exist at all. And I think that's had a huge impact on society. And even within our, our faith, you know, you'll talk to people within the church, you'll say, you know, the devil doesn't exist or um, it's, you know, he's just, I don't know, something that's been made up. But, you know, that's that puts the enemy in a great place, doesn't it? And, you know, that's a huge deception, a huge lie to us because, you know, he doesn't want us to believe in God and he doesn't want us to perhaps to know God as a good father, yeah, that that's where he wants to place us. So coming to know God as a good father and knowing that that's possible to have that relationship with a father in heaven is just fundamental to who we are. You know, we hear people, don't we, blaming God and expressing anger towards God, which is so natural, so completely natural especially when these terrible, terrible things happen to us. And so, so many of us have grown up not knowing God as a good father or not believing God is a good father. I think um, I've, heard, I've heard that the devil's greatest deception is teaching us that God isn't good, you know, like in the gardens, like, is that really what God said to you? You know, like that sowing of doubt. It's C.S. Um, Lewis, he says that, doesn't he? You know, that's, that's his area. Sorry, I've interrupted. No, 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 Carry I, on. That's maybe where I've heard it. Mm. But then the other thing I've heard is, you know, his greatest deception is convincing the world that he doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's the scripted um, letters. You know, it, it occurs to me that that first one, you know, is sowing doubt about God's identity and who the truth is of who God is. But at the same time, sowing identity crisis in ourselves because you know if the enemy can stop us knowing our true identity as as children of god as daughters of the king who have an inheritance in him who have you know this father for whom there is nothing that is impossible you know they're all going to be saint catherine of siena's telling the pope what to do right you know like um but if he can convince us that he doesn't exist then he's quietly able to get on with what he's doing but I think in the West, we have separated so much because of maybe the rise of atheism, um, but we have separated who we are. We are made in the image and likeness of God. We are made body, soul, and spirit. And what comes to my mind is, and an example would be, if someone is involved in a car crash, you know, you know, my husband, a paramedic, would take them to hospital and you know, hopefully they could be fixed, their body could be fixed. You know, if it was quite traumatic, actually there's counsellors that they can see for their mind, yeah? Um, but what what about the spirit? The spirit has been crushed there too, but we, we have separated it. But we know through the theology of the body of John Paul II that we're completely, our body and spirit are fused. So this is when deliverance comes in. This is when the power of God's word can raise the spirit. And actually that person can get back in that car and drive again and live a free life, as opposed to living in the fear that has come from the accident, living in the fear that has come from, the, you know, the consequence of, of that. So, I think it's, I think we always, my children think I over-spiritualise everything. There's, is there meaning in everything, mummy? Yes, there is. <laughs> yes, there is. There is. It's very interesting you should mention that, because um, a friend of mine has prayed uh, using the Unbound Prayer Model with somebody who has been in exactly that situation. They were a high school graduate, graduate, they had a beautiful singing voice, you know, everything going for them. They were involved in a car accident. And at the point of that car accident, you know, fear really entered into their heart and to their soul. And they became wrapped up with this fear and they befriended they befriended fear and took it as a companion and sort of took it out into their everyday life and all of a sudden they were afraid of this and they were afraid of that and they didn't want to leave their home and um, this poor lady couldn't sing. She, you know, she had this beautiful voice and she could no longer sing and when my friend Matt prayed with her and they renounced this fear that had come to her during um, this car accident, she got to the end of this prayer and she just broke into song. This amazing voice just broke into heartfelt song, just praising God. So you couldn't have spoken a truer word. I think that's interesting, isn't it, to just think about things like that. 
you know, where where those things enter us, you know, whether it's fear or anger, you know, mentioned earlier, Mariana, people struggled with abuse. Um, you know, when things have been done wrong against us, as well as the times that maybe we've committed the wrong thing, you know, those are the places where these things can take hold and we're not even aware of it sometimes. Um, I think, you know, it's all very well talking about these things a little bit sort of, um, you know, theoretically. I just wonder if um, either of you could share like an experience that you've had of God's power to heal you or to set you free from, yeah, any one of these things that we've been talking about, if you've got a story you could share. Um, Mariana, can we come to you first, maybe? Yeah, sure. Um, oh, there's just a, there's a huge list. I'm thinking, you know, um, which one, which one do I go for, Lord? Um, you know, with it. But I would say the one that I think I should share I believe deliverance can come in many different ways with a word spoken in truth over us. Um, I was given a book called Hind's Feet on High Places. Who's that by, Alice? Hannah, Hannah Hernard. Okay. And um, the main, I won't give it all away, but the main character is called Much Afraid and she is on a journey to be set free. And I there was much in the book that I resonated with. And there, is this, there was this certain passage where it said, she goes into a cave to spend the night because she's traveling up to the mountains. And she sees in this, there's like a crevice in the rock. And she says to the Lord, nothing could grow in that crevice, nothing. And um, she spends the night in the cave. And then when she comes out the next day, she sees a little flower. And I read this and thought, Lord, I have journeyed with you all my life. I'm, I think I was, I'd had Ethan. So I think Ethan had just been born. So he's 10 now. So it's 10 years ago, I'm 40. So I was in, this was in my thirties. And I thought I've journeyed with you, but I know there's still parts of my life that aren't surrendered to you. I still struggle with so much. Like why, why? And, um, and I prayed on it. And that night um, I dreamt that in the crevice of the rock, the Lord had put a flower and it was a little purple flower. And I woke up and I thought, I'm going to tell my mom. And I ran down there. I said, mom, I think the Lord's going to do something in me. I think he is. And she was washing the dishes at the time and said, I'm sure, Mary, you know, with the Lord is a thousand days and a thousand days is with the Lord. And I said, I said, he's going to do something. I just, I just feel it. And we had, um, we had some speakers come to our church, St. Mary's Church and crew. And, um, and, and the, the leader approached me and said, can I pray with you? Um, I, I want to pray freedom prayers over you. I think you need to be delivered from the spirit of fear. And, you know, I'm, I'm so cocky. My, my gut reaction was, can I just tell you that um, I've become really brave and I'm, I'm very brave. Um, she said, well, the Lord doesn't want you brave. He wants you free. And she said, and she just spoke. She had, she had knowledge about a situation that I was writing and she spoke into it and said every time you take the stand to serve God you are crippled in fear and every time you know you have to serve him it rules you and you've found ways of managing it but but you're not free would you like to be free and I thought well of course I would of course I would and she and she prayed with me she placed her hand on my shoulder and we sat down in the pew and she and she prayed and and at the time um i would say that serving in serving i had to always be brave but actually it got quite physical like if i was doing something for the lord even if it was just reading at the lectern leading worship leading prayers and um, being up front in the classroom um I, I felt physically sick. I would feel sick in the morning. And when she prayed with me, I, I felt like I was going to be sick. It just went, the prayer went straight to my gut. Um, and she, she prayed that I would be delivered. And as, and as she prayed, I was freed. And the peace of God that came over me, the peace, I just, I felt like it was a rushing water. And I thought, I, f I felt like I was being baptized again and I was being made new. Um, and, and the beautiful thing at the end of this prayer, she then said to me, I don't know if this means anything to you, but I have this image in my mind of this little purple flower in the, in the rock. And I just cried with joy that God would be so interested in the details of my life. And, 
And if I was really honest, I could then go back. I could tell you when this nervousness happened, when it began. It began with, in my GCSEs, I would wake up each morning and just feel sick. And then going to university, leaving home, leaving the security, that anxiety was there. And, and I laughed because when I got married, my husband said, when you wake up in the morning, um, you, 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 you wretch, Mariana, you, you know, you, and I said, oh, it's my nerves, you know, and I'd never, it was just something that I'd lived with, it was something that was completely normal, but how, but how wrong is that, you know, um, you know, I went to bed that night, and I, and I woke up peaceful, I woke up, you know, thank, thankfully Milo doesn't have to suffer, <laughs> suffer that anymore, you know, um, because the Lord wants us whole, and that's just one example I could I could give many, many, but I like that because it came through reading a book. Somebody passed me a book and the Lord the Lord brought freedom through it. Thanks so much, Marianne, for sharing that. And um I hope you don't mind me like responding to your testimony because I was remembering um my first university mission I did was with Marianna at her university and I remember asking her to stand in front of her whole cafeteria to give an announcement about the mission and she was just like looking at me like I must have a thousand heads and there's no way she's going to do this and I was like of course you can do this of course you can do this and even what you were describing you know you're retching in the mornings that Milo <laughs> you know I, I, knew, I knew that you struggled with this every time we worked together in Zion community when we were doing mission together you'd like be you know every day you'd be just racked by this fear and you know, the thing was, I saw you grow in your courage and overcome your fear and be brave. But what you're saying is actually what the Lord wanted to deliver you from in, in the instant, the first instant is the, the anxiety itself. You know, it's like one thing is kind of overcoming our reaction and our responses and our problems by, you know, I guess the big thing, isn't it, in, in the sort of self-help world is, you know, self-help and, and telling yourself you can do it but actually the Lord wants to bring freedom from the original root of the of the fear you know and I just yeah it's just wonderful to hear you sharing that because I can see that you know and now there's a boldness in you that wasn't there before you know there's a boldness and a freedom um, and that's what God can do isn't it so Sue um, I don't know if you've got a story you could share with us of of freedom as well well, a bit like Mariana, there is just so many things that you can say about God's goodness and how God sort of journeys with you through your life and just takes you where you're at and just deals with little things as you go along and builds on it and builds on it. Um, I guess I need to sort of perhaps tell you just a tiny bit of my background. As I said before, I'm, I'm a cradle Catholic, um, but I spent a large part of my late teens and most of my 20s really lukewarm offending God just about in every way possible. Um, I met Martin, who was a Catholic, and it was sort of like a slow journey back to the faith. And we, I married when I was 31 and went to Medjugorje. And just, I know Medjugorje can be contentious for some people, but I can only speak from my own experience. And you know, I just experienced an amazing, miraculous week there where I really stepped back into my faith. I made my first real, honest, good, general confession and things really changed and I found God I you know I, I surrendered myself you know completely to God and just wanted him to work in me but the odd thing was Alice that I still felt I had a block between me and God it was like this glass cloudy glass screen between me and him but I, I didn't have a faintest idea you know what to do I, I'd done everything I knew of which was confession regular you know going to holy communion you know not falling into terrible sin again but um so about 2015 I went on a retreat and as part of this retreat uh received the baptism in the holy spirit which was quite pivotal for two reasons because I as part of it I just made this last minute decision I thought it was heretical to start with I didn't understand what it was but once I understood what it was I made this sort of deep surrender to God just you know this first time I'd really handed everything over to him and I, I remember just making this prayer just saying I've made such a hash of everything Lord just take it I don't want to be in control anymore I want you just to direct me I will do whatever you want 
and um, just really giving him permission. And in turn, he sort of he activated my baptismal gifts, which I just away from and um, ignored and my confirmation. And um, so that was the first thing. And then the second thing that happened that week was that really in the last couple of hours of this retreat, um, as I was walking out, the lay leader of the retreat, a lady by the name of Pauline, uh, from the Little Way of Healing, actually, um, she just discerned that she prayed with me for healing and for deliverance. And it was, nothing special. it was a really short prayer. There was no shouting no screaming you know nothing like that it was just a chat and a short prayer but something really you know miraculous and astonishing happened in that moment and I'll just explain why just briefly um during university I'd had this relationship with a man who I thought I was going to end up marrying and it went on for several years um but we broke up which was all well and good but I suffered in that breakup, but I had no body to go, you know, no grave to go and mourn, no body to say goodbye to. And um, to the outside of world, I just had to pretend that, you know, everything was fine and I carried on with life. But I was um, haunted by this unnatural sadness. Um, and I just couldn't leave all the memories behind. And even after I met and married Martin, the love of my life, the most perfect person that I could ever possibly meet, there was still this unexplicable sadness that just would overwhelm me from time to time. And of course, I can't go telling anyone about it because how do you tell your wonderful husband that you've, you know, you're still filled with this sadness? And in that moment, Pauline prayed with me she identified unnatural sadness as something that was oppressing me and the moment she prayed for it to go and I mean the moment she prayed for that to leave me it went and for the next few days I mean my feet must have been I felt like I was 10 foot off the ground I felt like I literally floated out of the room and into my car and drove home and I couldn't speak. I couldn't speak without bursting into tears. For about, in fact, I've still choked and recount it to you now. For about three or four days, I couldn't speak to anybody. I could barely drive past a church without having to go in and see him because I just couldn't be away from him. And things like the Bible, you know, that just came alive and I just needed to educate myself and catechize myself which is why I'm now doing a master's degree in theology and you know, a very well-known online re retailer of books has just made massive <laughs> profit out of me and um, it was as if the Lord placed deep calling as well in my life to just I'm involved in deliverance ministry and it's it's just something that I've responded to because I've had this tremendous feeling of deliverance and freedom and a depth to a personal relationship I never believed possible that once you've experienced that yourself you just want it for everyone and you know that he has got something for everyone every single person living in this world and go deeper and more personal with him and so I now have I have a passion for deliverance ministry the dreaded d word deliverance is not a bad word it's a word that's what I yeah and i think from from what you're sharing you know it's also something that just enabled you to have the relationship with god that you desired to have you know so some of these things are just preventing us from even being able to come close to god who's the one who who can set us free and and wants to set us free so um that's fantastic so thank you so much for sharing um i was wondering what what story i could share you know like like you both i think when you've been walking with the lord a long time there's so many different ways isn't there that he um that he has bought healing you know years and years <laughs> mariana's been my friend for a long time so has walked through a lot of these things with me as well and i think that's that's a big thing, isn't it, that we need as friends who can help us um, reflect back to us the things which maybe aren't meant to be there and God wants to heal. Um, but I thought I'd like to share a story because you mentioned, Sue, the Unbound Ministry, which 
Um, I've been working with Sue the last couple of years and some of you may have heard of, we put on a conference a couple of years ago. Um, so I'd recommend that book. It's called Unbound by Neil Lozano. Um, and we'll put that book as well as the other one that Mariana mentioned in the um, in the episode notes for you to have a look at. Um, but I'd like to share this because I think it's something a bit um, slightly different from your two stories. <laughs> um, so I'd already had a lot of healing. I'm, I'm operating very well. I'm running this very big conference um, with my friend Sue. And we did two conferences back to back, one in Sheffield and then one in Brentwood. So Sheffield was Sue's conference and Brentwood was my conference. This was how we'd been operating. And um, we had a lot of people come to both these conferences and um, we didn't really know what we were doing and how we were going to work it all. And uh, at the first conference in Sheffield, we managed to pray with everybody who asked for prayer. And um, we heard from the Lozanos who came over to do this. This was really unheard of. Um, I guess I was very proud of the fact that we'd done it. Um, and then during the second conference, which was my conference, just remembering that part of the story, um, you know, I realized there was no way we were going to get through all these people for prayer. I was running around like a headless chicken. By this point, this was a week apart. Sue and I had run three conferences in total. We were exhausted. Um, but there were just a lot more people, I think, in that conference. Or I don't know what happened. More people asked for prayer. But I, I began to realize that we there was no way we were going to get through everyone. And I think I just felt really upset about it. Um, and something happened that evening. Uh, it wasn't the end of the conference. It was in the middle of the conference. Um, and I just got really, really angry, really angry. And I'm not an angry person. <laughs> My friends will tell you I'm not an angry person. But I had to leave. Um, I knew I had to leave the conference. I went back to the house um, I actually tried to call Mariana, who's here on the call, to tell her I needed someone to pray with me. And I couldn't find anyone who, was, who wasn't busy running the conference. <laughs> um, and then I realized, you know, one of the ladies come from America to pray with people was in the room opposite me. And maybe I could ask her for some prayer. And, um, and the thing that had angered me wasn't, it was, it was just a specific thing that had happened, you know, during, during the, the course of, you know, running a conference, things happen. Um, but I just couldn't, I thought, you know, my mother always taught me, don't go to bed on your anger. And I thought, I can't, you know, I have to deal with this. So anyway, this lady prayed with me and she took me through this unbound model of prayer, which is based on um, five different keys. You you repent of what, what's wrong, then you offer forgiveness and then you renounce you, in the name of Jesus, these like spirits that have come to mind to the person who's interviewing you and praying for you. And this lady's obviously experienced in this type of prayer. And she um, she was going through different things. And we talked about a lot of things. And actually, when you have that kind of prayer, one of the things they ask you is, you know, your relationship with your parents and all of these things um, come up. So even though this was <laughs> very late at night in the middle of a conference, we had this very long time of prayer. Um, but th what was really surprising to me was she put her finger on something and she said she asked me to renounce a spirit of performance. And I wouldn't have not thought of this as being like, you know, an evil spirit or something. But I am a performer. In fact, I did <laughs> my past life. I was an actress. I always wanted to be a famous actress. I, I thrive a little bit off the, you know, performance. People who know me would know that. Um, and and I, I was just so surprised by this uh, I mean that's all I'd say I didn't have some massive experience of freedom nothing massively changed in my life but I was so surprised that she mentioned this and afterwards I thought how much this operates in my life you know that I need to do something well in front of other people um you know and obviously this was all linked into the fact that this was my conference rather than Sue's <laughs> conference and it wasn't going to be as good or whatever but you know I, I later realized about a year later in my life um, how much this had been operating through my whole life. You know, um, those who know me know I sing louder than anybody else in the chapel. <laughs> you know, I, there's something in me that needs, has needed to perform. And the Lord has just taken that away from me and it's not there. You know, it's not, um, it's not there or I'm aware of it where before maybe I wasn't aware of it. Does that make sense? Where, where like I can just see this thing 
happening like oh look, now I'm stepping into performance and I don't want to do that um because actually the Lord loves me as I am and I don't need to I don't need to put on a show for him I don't need to put on a show for anyone else because my love my value comes from the fact that I'm a daughter of God not because I get something right or I do something well you know and of course linked to that was you know perfectionism and anxiety and all those other things that go to that which again I wouldn't have thought that I suffer from but actually I realized I do but for me the issue was performance you know the need to be heard maybe the need to be seen the need to be acknowledged um which I can see is you know and how those things were rooted in my past as well um so I'm I'm aware that we've probably talked for quite a long time (laughs) um but I'd love I'd love us just to kind of finish um this conversation you know, for our listeners who may be struggling with something, you know, maybe something we've shared today triggers that or something else, maybe an emotional struggle or psychological, or they're aware maybe that there is something more um, spiritual going on, a dynamic that they they can't be free of. Um, you know, what tips would you give them to help them enter on this journey of, of inner healing or deliverance? You know, what steps could they take, do you think? Um, Sue, I'll come to you first. Final words from you. Final words. <laughs> top tips. Sue's top tips. To My top tips. Um, that God always for you and that he's always there for you. you know, he waits for you, just longs for you. And he's just mercy and he is love. And um, there's nothing that you can do to stop him from loving you. And, you know, absolutely nothing, wanting you and desiring you. Um, you've you've already been forgiven everything all you've got to do is just place your stuff before him all your mess all your chaos all your bad choices your decisions just lay it down before him hand it over and he just accepts you where you are in your life you know don't be dissuaded from turning to him you know because the enemy is lying to you and telling you you know well you know make you feel shame, you know, to, lying to you, deceiving you, you can't be forgiven or that God's not powerful enough or it's way too late. You know, just don't believe any lies that are whispered in your head. Just just turn to him. Just take it all to him and just before him and just repent and you'll be there. Thank you, Sue. Mariana, what... What tips would you give to someone wanting to find freedom? Um, I'm just receiving all that Sue's just said. All that I think that's what we should have finished with. But I have a practical thing that could could help. So maybe we could rewind it afterwards and, and be encouraged by by what she's just proclaimed over us all. The Lord is our biggest encourager for sure. Um, the thing that I have in my mind it, it links to what you you said, Alice, about the keys you were talking about unbound. And um, if we're wanting to be free in all areas of our lives, uh, you know, God, I, I often say to God, Lord, would you make me new? I want to be whole this side of heaven, this side of heaven. And and there's a scripture. One of my life verses is from Matthew sixteen, verse sixteen. He says, "I have given you the keys of the kingdom." What you bind will be bound and what you loosen will be loosed. Um, And I say this to my children and we talk about the great exchange. And so I want to say that this freedom can happen all the time in lots of different areas. So with my children, we, they, they know that they have a spiritual key inside, that we hold that authority in our lives. And what are we letting into our house? What are we letting in? You know, actually, if it's not of the Lord, if it's not happy, if it's not of the fruits of the Spirit, we need to lock it up and send it out. And my little one, Michael, says, Mommy, I've got this. I'm using my key. I'm using my key. You know, he was so cross about something. And I said, how can we, how can we turn this around, Michael? He goes, I use my key. I said, what now? I said, let's ask the Lord for freedom. What now are we going to bring in its place? Oh, joy, loads of joy and, and maybe some sweets. I mean, that is a very simple situation. But the truth is, is that when we think about our lives. The Lord, you know, journeyed with the Israelites. He didn't want them to stay in Egypt. Let's not keep anything in Egypt. Let's keep looking forward to the promises of the, of, of the promised land if we're not there already. You know, let's, let's get there. And so actually, each night when I surrender my night with the Ignatius Review, I think, where have I 
where I don't, I don't want to be stuck anywhere, Lord. Free me, free me. And so one last little tip would be when I go to church, um, is it Father Pat Lynch, Alice, who says, when we pray the Our Father, what does the priest say afterwards? He says, deliver us, Lord, from every evil and grant us peace in our days. What does Father Pat add? He says, deliver us, Lord, from every evil and every, and all oh, useless anxiety. I think he says that. Um, and, and what I've begun to do, what I've begun to do is to, to pray in that moment, what do I want freedom from? So I have a little list, and one of them was, and I'd forgotten about this, was um, I was frightened of dogs, like really frightened. Something happened with my sister's big Alsatian. He pinned me up against the, the wall, and I thought I was going to die. If my mother wasn't there, I think I'd have been a goner. I mean, everyone says I'm dramatic, but that's how it felt. So fear followed me around, even with the little ones. And I'd forgotten this, but I prayed that prayer at Mass when the priest was saying that, deliver, deliver me, Lord, from every evil. You know, and it's completely gone. I sit with... Oh, all my friends' dogs on my laps, and and my and one of my little yeah, my Noah Grace said, "Mom, do you remember when you were frightened of dogs?" I said, "No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't." They all burst out laughing because I'd completely, I'd completely forgotten about it. So, so my thing would be is where, where do where do we need the Lord's peace? Where do you need the Lord's peace? And let's hear that. Let's hear that word from the beginning. Courage, may the Lord of Heaven. Turn your grief to joy. Courage, because the God of transformation is at work. Is at work. Amen. Amen. You know, we've talked today, haven't we, about prayer ministry, about unbound ministry, about all these things. And those things are, are on offer. And maybe you want to find those things. Maybe you need counselling. Maybe you need um, spiritual direction. You know, all those things can help us on this journey. But you know, we can just in, in the simplicity of our prayer, make that exchange that Mariana was talking about. But also in the mass, there's something I often do is just put onto the altar, you know, the person that I'm worried about or the thing that I'm concerned about and just ask for um, for God's healing and grace. And he does it. And like you said, Sue, you know, as Mariana said, we should finish on that note. You know, God's waiting for us, isn't he? Waiting to give us the freedom, waiting to fill us with his love. He's a good God. And, and he wants to bless us with this freedom um, and help us to know our true identity in him. And that is exactly what we're going to meditate on in this time of prayer as we listen to the song, I Am No Victim. It speaks about building that true identity, listening to the word of God. I am who he says I am, and he is who he says he is. We're defined by his promises shaped by every word he says. So let's spend some time now in prayer and bring those areas of false identity to the Lord, those areas where we don't experience freedom and ask him to exchange them um, for his freedom. Sure in my brightest day 
Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, come and fill our hearts. Holy Spirit, come and fill us with your presence. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Oh Jesus, come and reign in our hearts with your freedom. Come and break chains that hold us. Come and speak truth to us. Come and fill us with your spirit. For where your spirit is, there is freedom. Dear sister, I invite you to ask yourself that question that Mariana asked us earlier. Where do you have great peace? Just think through your day, through your relationships, through your lives. Where is there peace in your life? And any areas that come up where you feel there is no peace there. Just bring that to the Lord now. As our sisters touched on in their conversation, these may be areas of great hurt and deep wounds. Just bring them to the Lord. Jesus, we ask you to take these big things, little things, 
things that hold us, things that bind us, things that stop us being completely yours, surrendering totally to you. And in your name, Jesus, we ask you to break them. We turn to you, our God of transformation, and we ask for the courage to give you these things that hold us, these things that stop your peace from reigning in our hearts. And Lord, if we need the prayers of others around us, if we need someone to speak through these difficulties with, Jesus, give us the courage and the opportunity to do that. My dear sisters, I pray that God will speak truth into your lives today. Through his word, through what you've just heard, through your friends, through your family, that God's truth will be spoken over you. That you will be able to not believe lies about yourself. That you'll be able to believe God's truth of who you are. And Jesus, we pray for the courage the bravery to forgive those people in our lives who we know we need to forgive. May we choose to forgive them that we may be free. Dear sister, I pray freedom for you. whatever holds you, whatever hurts you. In Jesus' name, I pray freedom for you. Thank you to Claire for leading us in prayer and a huge thank you to my guests Mariana and Sue for sharing with us their wisdom and their experience of God setting them free. We pray this conversation gives you much to think and pray about. Please take a look at our episode notes where you'll find journaling questions to help you to pray but also links to the ministries and books that were mentioned during this week's conversation. We're now coming towards the end of this season of the Beloved Podcast with our final episode next week, the Pentecost episode. Following that, we are planning a bonus episode which will be released on the Feast of the Sacred Heart in June. For this episode, we would love to hear any questions or thoughts that have come to you as you have listened through the Advent, Lent and Easter seasons of the Beloved Podcast. Please take a moment to ponder if you've got any questions or thoughts you could share with us and email us beloved at zioncommunity.org.uk You can find this email address also in the episode notes. We would love to hear from you and build this episode around your concerns, your thoughts and your questions. And we'll also share with you a bit more about the beloved ministry as we move forward. This week is the traditional novena, the nine days of prayer between Ascension and Pentecost, where we join with Mary and the Apostles in their prayer for the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised. Please find a link to the novena that some of us are praying if you haven't already begun one. And we pray with you together this week for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in the church and in the world. And we look forward to celebrating with you 
the end of Easter on Pentecost Sunday. <laughs>